I am uh, I'm pinch hitting tonight for Pastor Justin. He is, uh, he is doing a wedding as we speak, and uh, I'm not sure where. I think somewhere up in Fort Worth, and, and uh, Pastor Rick had to be somewhere tonight too. So uh, hopefully you'll receive me tonight and the Word tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll have a good time. In the word, so they're passing around the sheets of what we're going to be talking about. Let's, uh, as they're passing these out, um, we want to let me get one of those too, brother. Let's let's do our uh, our purpose together. Once everybody gets these, we're almost there. Who doesn't have one yet? Who doesn't have a sheet yet? Some here in the back. So at the top of the sheet, let's read this out loud together. Our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together to connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level in life. Our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. Amen. Step up. Be a man of action. Assume it is your job and your moment. Hate apathy. Reject passivity. Refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of a sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you are challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. Serve the king. Seek first his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness. Hope in the eternal. Live for a greater reward. And everybody said amen. 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 Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 tonight. We're continuing on excellence. And I want to talk about excellence at work, at church, and at home. So we're going to kind of hit on some of these things tonight. And I hope I don't, it's not my intent to uh, step on anyone's toes or uh, condemn anyone in any way. We just want to be factual with the Word of God. And let's take, let's take the Word of God tonight and apply it to our lives uh, and receive it, you know, by faith. Amen? Amen. So Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord and not to men. The NIV says it this way. Work at everything you do with all your heart. Work as if you were working for the Lord and not for human masters. The, uh, let me read this to you in the message translation. This is servants do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. How I many of you know somebody that does the minimum? Do your best. I used to have a, a poster hanging in my room as a kid. And it, and it was a 
a, a young man going up for a layup with a basketball. It said, do your best and God will do the rest. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I learned that as a young boy. So it's, do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that, that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. So that kind of punch is a gut punch a little bit, right? Uh, you know, it should be said about the, the Christians that we're the best workers at our workplace. They're the best employee I have. And so, see, God can do something with that. I was um, young, right out of college, and my wife and I had just moved to Birmingham, Alabama. And, you know, we were looking for jobs. Well, I had uh, graduated a year before her, so I'd, I'd been in some sales and, and things. And, and uh, so now it was time to get a real job, you know. <laughs> The one my dad wanted me to get, and uh, so I, I found a. I went around and found. I found a job, and it was a sales job, but but it pleased my dad because uh, it had the the uh, you know the salary, the laptop computer, the gas allowance, the benefits, the four hundred one k. So kind of you know you go to college, and this is what the college kid is taught. This is what what you look for when you come out, right? And so. They started us off, and, and man, I hated this job. I got in there, you, once you get over, you know, you're there a couple weeks a month, and I just, we needed something to get down to Birmingham. Well, my wife got, got a job too, so, you know, we're both working. And, and, uh, but I'd get up every day with knots in my stomach about this job. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, uh, at least we're not going to raise our hand. You know, we don't want to admit to it right now anyway. But that's how it was. And, and so I wake up, I'm like, man, I hate this. I go to, and every day I would go in. I hated my job, you know, which, which spilled over into every area of my life because I hated my job. I, came, I woke up in a bad mood. I came home in a bad mood. And imagine what that did for my marriage. You know, imagine what that did, you know, when I just, it affected every area of my life. And it wasn't so much about the job as it was about what was going on in here with me. And so this went on for a while. And, and um, well, they, you know, I went to their training. And, well, we had to sit down on Fridays. What it was was, how many of you are old enough to remember when the bell companies were still alive? You had local service and then you had long distance service separate from local service. And then they were just coming out with the, the Internet, you know, you know, Al Gore, that, that thing Al Gore invented? I just that's a joke. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, so, so I, every Friday we had to make 100 phone calls. And so what we had to do was, what this, what this job was, was we had bundled local, long distance, and internet all under one hat. So it gave you a discount. Well, what was happening was, is these companies like AT&T and then Sprint, Sprint came out with 10 cents anytime. 
So everybody switched over to Sprint. Because when you were calling grandma across state lines, you knew you were going to pay 10 cents when AT&T was 26 cents. You know, before cell phones were... That's when cell phones were this big bag phone. And, and yeah, and you only used it... Yeah, it was like this. Yeah, yeah, hello. Yeah, that's a... That's the size of your shoe. And, uh, and you only used it in case of emergency. You break down the side of the road, you know, seven ninety five a minute or whatever. And so anyway, all, so all this was going on. So it was what I'm saying. This was a very competitive industry. And so here I was. And so they said, well, you got to make a hundred phone calls every Friday. So I get in there. They put us all in the same room, you know, watch over us, make sure we're making our call. So here I am making our call. Well, Hey, uh, this is Eric Deaton with so-and-so company. You know, uh, can I speak to such-and-such? Yeah, I would like to set up an appointment. What's this about? Uh, You know, your long-distance service. Click. (laughs) Because they were getting like, uh, I mean, you were getting calls at home. You know, people were calling you every night. This was was like one of the first, like, telemarketing calls people were getting at home to switch their long-distance service. And here I was, and, like, this was my first career job. Well, and I'm like, why did I get a college degree, you know? Well, anyway, so I start making my calls, and and I had very limited success. They had quota that you had to hit. I wasn't hitting quota. Um, I was very average or or even slightly below average. And so I'm sitting there one day, and I'm meditating and praying, and the Lord says, I can't move you on. Until you begin to do your best in where I put you. Because it was him that got me this deal. I mean, this was, this was a God thing. It wasn't that, you know, uh, I had all these opportunities. <laughs> and so I said, okay. And I was about four months in at the time. I can do this, Lord. And he said, I, w- I want you, to, I want you to, to do it for me. And so I, be, I went into the office, and they were so used to turning over these sales reps that, that it was kind of like, yeah, we'll see how long this guy lasts, and we're taking bets kind of deal. And so uh, I went in, I organized my desk, I, I put some files together, and I got serious about this as unto, as unto the Lord. Well, he just began to bless that heart change, that attitude change. Because when it's talking about working heartily as unto the Lord, it's not necessarily talking about our work ethic. Although, if we're working as unto the Lord, our work ethic is going to be the giftings and talents that He's put in us. So basically what this scripture is saying, the attitude in which you go about your work and doing your best, that's what it's talking about. And so I did, I went in and I did my best. So it was, I was in Birmingham, Alabama. I had no air conditioning in my car. It was the, it was the dead of summer, 95 degrees, very humid. I had to wear a tie and, and a, uh, you know, shirt and, and a coat and sometimes coat or whatever, but at least a tie. And so I was driving down, driving around. And so what had to happen was out of those hundred phone calls, I would get five people, five that would actually agree to make an appointment with me. Of those five, I'd get two that would actually see me once I got in. Where it was like, yeah, I thought I had an appointment, but I really didn't. And 
So what they would tell me was, you better go to that appointment, but then call, go on, knock on doors all around. If you're in this, like the, this, like you go to some shopping plaza and then you're going to hit everybody in that vicinity. And so I go knock on doors and do this and I'm sweating. You know, I'm in a tie. I'm sweating. It's 95 degrees. And, but the Lord just started blessing it. And I hit in, in the next two months, I hit the sales quota that they had, that they had set, you know, for us. Well, I was starting to, because I was starting to feel some success, you know, I was starting to feel good about this job. Like, well, I can do this. You know, I, I, there were people that had been there 10, 15 years and, you know, they had it set up where, you know, you could get some residual and there, there are guys in there making a hundred, $150,000. And I'm starting to think, Hey, I can do this, you know? So I'm sitting there one day and I got the paper and, and, um, I'm looking at it and, and. Well, I see this tiny little ad in the newspaper, and I wasn't looking for a job. But I just happened to catch my eye, and it said, sports-minded individual to sell to coaches. I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. You know, I played basketball. I was an athlete, played baseball and all this stuff, and I like sports. And I wanted to be a coach, but uh, I also wanted to make money. And so... uh, that's that's really one of the reasons why I go be a teacher because at Tennessee you're starting out you know twenty five thousand or something, so I wanted to you know, anyway. I like well I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna call me I'm not I'm happy now I'm not really looking so I called and so we set up an interview and, and uh, I remember it was on a Saturday and I go interview and I was like man this sounds too good to be true and the way the guy explained it to me and he said you can make this this to this was your range. And I said, I said, that, that sounds too good. You know? And, and so I go home, talk to Nikki and she's like, well, you're, you're, you're doing good. You're, you're hitting your quota. Why, why would you, why would you do this? Like, well, we need to pray about it. And I said, I'll tell you what, why don't you come to the interview, to the second interview and meet this guy and tell me what you think. So she does. And, and, uh, so we get back home and she says, do you think you would enjoy doing this? I said, yeah, it sounds good. I mean, so then we, we consult with, you know, some of our family and things. And No, you, you can't give up that salary. You got a salary. Get, you're going to go from a salary to a straight commission job. That's stupid, you know. <laughs> 21 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. And I, I mean, this was such a lesson for me. At such a young age. Now, now it's with, a, you know, the, the company I started with. Uh, it's funny because I went into my boss at the time. His, <laughs> I still remember him. He was, he, he liked me, but he was hard. And he, get, I said, uh, so-and-so, I, I, I really just like to, I came across the opportunity. I really just like to go check it out. They wanted me to fly to Boston. It was Saturday. They wanted me to fly to Boston on Tuesday. Two days late, three days later. So I just want to go check it out and then, you know, see what it's about. He goes, you get on that plane, you don't have a job when you come back. And so I had to make a decision. I get on the plane or not. And so we prayed. We felt good. We're taking a step of faith here. So I got on the plane, went to Boston. The first guy that got into my van that was headed to the same meeting as me all he did was talk badly about the company, how much money he made, 
what the product was, what this was, what that was. And so when I got there to the hotel, I was a mess. And anyway, long story short is, uh, I did, you know, I did what they said and, and the, the hand of the Lord was on this and I had, I had good success and I finished number two in the company that, that first year. My point of all that is to say is that if it weren't for me saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to give you the best that I can. I coached basketball for three years, varsity basketball, before we moved down here. And my son uh, coached him sophomore, junior, senior year. Well, his sophomore year, he was, you know, just kind of, sometimes he would try, sometimes he wouldn't. You know, sometimes he would give his all, sometimes he wouldn't. And I wasn't about so much about his stats as I was about him doing his best because you're going to carry that into every area of life and you're going to cut corners here. So it's going to spill over to this area of your life. You're going to cut corners there. So spill over to this area. You're going to cut corners there. And so I said to him, I don't care about your stats. What I do care about is the gifts and talents that God put on the inside of you. Are you using those to the glory of God, to the best that you of your ability, given your, for His glory. And the answer was no, not all the time. And so I wonder how many times, you know, in life where we we give 100% in this area, but maybe not 100% in this area. But this scripture encourages us to whatever we're doing, that we're doing it as unto the Lord. That our attitude in which we're doing it, the the talents and gifts, giftings that God put on the inside of us, which we're doing it, it doesn't say. Y- y'all love me, right? It doesn't say, uh, "Do it as unto the Lord and not unto me, unto man," unless you don't like your boss, right? Unless your boss is just unreasonable, you know. Unless your boss is just a jerk, <laughs> right? It says, do it as unto the Lord. And so with that, I'm, I'm responsible and accountable to God for my attitude when I go to work, when I go to church, when I go home. You know, it spills into every area of our life. And so what we're talking about and have been talking about is being men of excellence and doing things with excellence. And what that means is that, you know, your best may be better than his best, but God holds you responsible for what he's put in you, and God holds you responsible for what he's put in you. And so that's what Paul was saying in, uh, I think it's, yes, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. That's what it says in the NIV. Now, he wasn't talking about necessarily his work ethic, although he wrote almost two-thirds, I guess, of the New Testament. So, obviously, he, he worked hard. He went to all these places. You know, you can read about Paul's life. 
and he was persecuted and all these things. But what he was saying was that he goes on to say, but it was the grace of God that helped me. It was not I, but it was his grace within me. And so what he was saying was because I gave this to God, that God's grace to help me took me beyond my abilities. That's what he was saying. And so that's why it's important to know that with the right view of what our job is supposed to be, our work, we'll talk about work for a second. I think it's Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Let him, him who steals steal no longer, but let him labor so that he may have something to give. And so God, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about, Hey, I, I feed the birds. I clothe the grass. I clothe the grass. How much more valuable are you than the birds? And the, Right? So what Jesus was saying was, he went on to say, seek first the kingdom of God. So what he was saying was, I will supply your needs. And then what this Ephesians 4 says is that, let us labor so that we may have something to give. And so God supplies our needs, and then we help supply others' needs. And so that's how the flow works. God to us, and then us through us to someone else. And so that's the proper view, really, of, you know, your job, your work, uh, whatever your career, whatever you want to call it. You know, if, if you're only going for uh, to get a paycheck so that you can pay your bills and so that you, you know, I, I got to make a living. You hear people say, well, I got to make a living. Well, no, it's, it's God supplies our needs. And then he uses us to help supply others. He, and he uses our job to be able to do that. And so with that, it's, it's, I'm telling you, this is a complete shift in thinking from the way the world thinks, right? It's, uh, it's, uh, what's the, what do they say? Uh, uh, get all you can, can all you get and sit on the can, right? That's the world's philosophy. It's to take but God wants to give. And so there's, he uses these forms, mediums or whatever you want to call it, jobs to help us to do that. And so what the scriptures talk about is if we, if our attitude is right, a person can work hard and their attitude not be right. You understand? You can be a hard worker, but your attitude not be right. But it says we're supposed to work as unto the Lord. So that produces in us faith. You know, that's, that's faith. Especially if you've got a, a, a boss you don't like. I, I, I doubt there's anybody that, that there's another employee that rubs you the wrong way. Right? I mean, it's sarcastic. Yes, of course. There's, there are people. You know, there's, pe- there's going to be people that always rub us the wrong way. So if we are in faith and an attitude of faith and love, then our attitude is completely different going into that environment. And so that's what, that's what Paul was saying is that the grace of God, you know, it's not me. In other words, you know, we, you could go back to Genesis and it's talking about toiling and Jesus said, don't toil. Well, what people have done is taken that scripture about not toiling and says, well, I don't have to work hard because it says I shouldn't toil. Now, that's not what it was saying. 
What toiling means is that you're, you're working with this anxiety that you have to provide for yourself. That's what, that, the, that's what the curse and the blessing. When Jesus came to get us the blessing of Abraham, that's what, he's, that's what he was doing was the blessing now, the blessing, the grace of God to help us, that he would bless whatever we put our what? Hand to do. What does that mean? That we have a part... And God has a part. There's our part and there's God's part. And so in in no way was Jesus or Paul or this scripture in Galatians talking about some kind of lazy boy faith that, you know, we could just kick up, put our feet up in the air and kick back. And no, it's a it's using those gifts using those abilities that God's put in us and doing our best with it. Can you say amen? amen. And so if we look at this uh, in the church, you know, uh, Alan, Alan's not here tonight, but I heard Alan. Uh, by the way, I, I really like when, we, when we'll do this here in a minute, we'll split off into our groups. And, um, man, I really like that time because, you know, men are, you know, Keep things close to the vest. A lot of us, we don't, we don't want to talk about things. And, and I'm telling you, man, it's been really good. It's been really good. And I, I'm, I was glad to hear people open up their hearts. And uh, that takes guts to do that, you know. And um, well, anyway, I, I heard Alan talking about how, you know, when people come on the parking lot, he says, I'm praying that, the, that, that when they come on, that, that angels are surrounding this, this property and that the presence of the Lord, the anointing of God is even in the parking lot. So when they pull into the parking lot, the anointing of God hits them. And when they walk into the, the church, it's like what Pastor Phil was saying for those of you here last night, that, that they may just fall out, you know, delivered from things and, and, and healed from things. Why? Because the presence of God is so strong. I want whoever's uh, directing traffic in the parking lot to have that attitude because as a church member, because there's people that are hurting that are coming into church. And as soon as they hit the parking lot, well, that's something that you're, that's a, uh, an attitude of doing something as unto the Lord. Right. I doubt that Alan, when he was a kid, used to dream about when I grow up, I want to be a parking lot director at a church and I want to put out orange cones. So that's not where you go. Don't go on the orange cones, but park over here. No, I doubt he was, you know, that was his dream of his heart, but some, we needed somebody to do this. And he said, here I am, Lord, send me. Right. And so that's a, 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 an example of something that's being done as unto the Lord. That's, that is excellence. And so sometimes, now I'm going to go back here because y'all were quiet on me. So, so now I'm going to go back. That's, we tend to separate ourselves from, we got, we got our spiritual walk. We got our spiritual life. We got our church. But then there's the job. And you know, business is business. But it's all, but it's all, Jesus is the same Jesus, lives on the inside of us. He, he, his character and nature is still the same on the inside of us. 
We're still commanded to walk in love. We're, we're still supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Whether we're at church and talking all spiritual. Well, how are you today, brother? I'm too blessed to be depressed. You know, it's easy at church. But have some, but have some guy cussing you out on the job. And let's see how, how fruitful you really are. Right? So that, that's what uh, I want to encourage you in that. We're, you know, if we're only about the money. Bible talk, there's all kinds of scriptures on chasing money. Now, we believe in the, in the blessing. We believe in sowing and reaping. And so we know if we have faith in that, that we're not, we don't have to chase money, that the blessing is on us and all around us. And we're surrounded with favor everywhere we go. I was in the car today heading up to Frisk, uh, Flower Mound area, and, and I, was, I was with my son. We were going to do some work. I said, Lord, I thank you today that you direct us, Holy Spirit. You direct us where we're going to go today. We have divine appointments wherever we go. You set them up right now. We lose angels. To, this is how we need to be in our everyday life, working this, this is how um, I've learned, I've grown in this over the years. I'm not at any means there, but, but I've grown in using my faith in the job place. And it's, it's every year we've increased, every year. And, and, but, but what does that mean for me? It means that we've been able to help more and more people all the time. And I, I hear Christians say, if I just had more, I would give more. And, and that's really the heart of a lot of people. Now, you know, you can't speak for everybody like that, but that's the heart of a lot of people. They want to help people. And, but we have to have the right attitude toward that, toward money, that, that it isn't about the money, but it is about that money is a tool to be able to help someone. I remember sewing into a mission strip, and... Uh, and th- I sewed into it, but also went along and went to a, a city in Russia. And in this uh, city, we were doing a four-day, you know, conference, crusade, whatever you want to say, at this church. Well, on the, I think it was the last day, this lady came up and she was on this uh, walker. And she was dragging her right leg, just dragging her leg like this, dragging it up there. She had this walker. And... Um, well, she wanted prayer. And so we laid hands on her. Nikki was there. It was, it was Nikki, me, and her dad, our pastor. And so we all laid hands on her. In the name of Jesus, body be healed. And Okay, let's walk. Well, she puts her cane down. She grabs my arm. She grabs pastor's arm. And she's in between us. And she's walking. And, and, and she's just trying to get her. Her foot was sideways like this. And, and so she's picking it up. On the third step. This leg completely straightened out like this, and she stepped down straight like this. And she, and then took another step. Well, then she pushed me out of the way, and she still got past her. Now she's walking, and and then of course Nikki starts praising God. And I mean, this was a miracle right before our eyes. And well, then she pushes past her out of the way. She walks back. She walks back. She starts crying, praising God. I mean, this, this thing completely straight out. Next thing I know, she's walking out the sanctuary. I'm like, where's she going? We got, we got to get a picture. You know, we got to chronicle this thing because people won't believe this. Well, I had given into these missions trips 
Not seeing what was on the other side. But see, all the time where pastor would come back and say, well, this many people will get healed. This many people will get saved. This many people will get delivered. Well, I had a part in that because I had given in that. What, what did that, t- that took money given into those things. And, and they, there's an account of that in heaven. And so, but, but until I got to be there to see on the other side what was happening, when it really became revelation, what money can really do. So that's why we have to have a proper attitude toward uh, money, what our job does to, to, um, to give us money so that we, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse, I think, 28, so that we can give. So back, so back to the church. If you're going to be quiet, I'm going to go to church, but then I'm going to come back again. I, there was a... Uh, <laughs> at, the, at the church, there, there was a, years and years ago, and, you know, people, there, we've, we had like 28 acres or something. Well, people would get out and mow it twice a week. And people, people all around the town, little bitty town, and we had all this acres. I thought, what are you going to do with that acres? What are you doing with that? Why, why do they get out there and mow that? You know, you could take the money from the gas that y'all spend on the mowers and give it to the poor. I don't understand why you're mowing it. Well, it was excellence. You wanted the church property to look nice? Why? Because, because uh, the pastor was particular? No. Because it's God's property. It's God's church. And so I remember there was a guy and he was mowing and he really, he really mowed in uh, straight lines, you know, straight lines, you know, it's a nice, pretty rose, excellence in mowing, pretty rose, you know. And then he wouldn't mow exactly in straight lines. And then when he would take the mower to, to put it back up in the storage building, he would just cut straight across. <laughs> and, uh, and then when Pastor, you know, instructed him, well, he just thought that was, well, what's his problem? I mean, it's good enough. Okay, well, did God think it was good enough? Was that, was that the best that according to... What God wants, you know, it's just, it's just a, <laughs> so many amens tonight. Let me see if I can find something that's a little more cheery. It's kind of like, I'm just going to keep going while I'm on a roll. It's kind of like when people say, well, you know, I pay my tithe. I pay it like it's a bill. Again, what's our. What's our attitude as unto the Lord in everything that we do? You know, there's a difference between Abel's sacrifice and Cain's sacrifice. There was a, a, mil- a millionaire guy up in the Northeast, and there's a story about him. And He would go out of town and do business and stuff, but he would be back every Thursday. Why? Because his job at the church was to fold the bulletins. But he made sure that he was faithful. Even though he had all this money and people considered him a a man of great status. But he would come back faithfully to fold the bulletins. Because for him, it's better to, uh, what is it, to dwell. Come on, help me somebody. It's better to dwell in the house of the Lord than in the tents of the wicked, right? Are we so thankful for what God's done in our life? You know, and, this, and in this thanksgiving, 
It should produce, you know, an attitude of, I don't like cliches, but I'll say it, an attitude of gratitude in everything, in everything that we do. And that's, that's the cool thing about, about this man. It's like we, we used to have people that they just had a wrong, uh, a wrong, um, idea of what tithing was. They say, well, I pay my tithe. And next thing you know, there was toilet paper missing from the church bathroom. You know, and, and the, you know, the church didn't buy the cheap stuff. You know, we get, we get the good stuff, you know. I mean, I'm not talking about like the, the double Charmin, but, but it was good stuff. <laughs> you know, but when people start stealing toilet paper out of the bathroom, you know, you get, well, we got to find out who's doing this or we got to go to sandpaper, toilet paper. And I mean, that's all I'm going to say about that. But, but, the, but that, that was the person. Well, I pay my tithe, you know. And so they thought, well, you know, these, I get to make decisions on the curtains and this and the carpet and, you know. So that wrong attitude can carry over into your job, your church. Don't make me talk about your home. And how we're supposed to love our wives. And, well, honey, uh, you know, I set, I set my coffee cup on top of the counter. Well, the dishwasher is right there. Yeah, but I mean, at least I took it to the counter. Right? I mean, at least I made the bed. You know, at least. T- turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Oh, my wife can stand up here and tell you all kinds of stories. Right? So, am I being a husband as unto the Lord, or is just good enough? You know? Hallelujah. And so, if we're approaching this in every area, Lord, Lord, help me, help me, help me be a man of integrity. Help, help me be a man of excellence. You know, there's areas we need to prove on. The Holy Spirit can show us what those are. And then, it's not on our own efforts. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, now we take this, we recognize these things and say, Lord, okay, I need your help in this area. And then what does God do? I, I've been waiting for you to ask. I've been waiting on you all this time. You've been trying to do this all yourself. Life's been hard because you've been doing it yourself. And so what God's saying is, help me help you. And he's just waiting on that humble person that will say, Lord, I need help. There came a time in my life where I said that. I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm done, I'm done chasing after this money. I'm done chasing this. My whole perspective changed toward my job. I started looking at the people I worked with. How can I help them versus what can I get from them? Did you hear what I just said? Yes. So if we're in our job, we say, how can, Lord, how can I help my boss make more money? Because if he's doing well, guess what? You, you keep your job. Right? 
And God sees the heart. And He's the one that promotes. And when God promotes, can't nobody stop it. Take it from you when He promotes. It's because God's going to make a way for you. You don't have to make your own way. God makes the way. And so I say, Lord, thank you that you helped me. And I ask you for grace. And that's what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians. He was saying, it's not me. Now, he, did, did he give his best effort than the natural? Yeah, I think we could all say yes. But he accomplished things that no other apostles accomplished. Why? Because it's, he, he understood the grace of God. He said, it's not me, but it's the grace of God within me. And the grace of God within me helps me. What does it help me to do? It helps me to be a better father. It helps me to be a better husband. It helps me to be a better employee. It helps me to be a better boss. It helps me to be a better parking lot attendant. It helps me to be a better bathroom cleaner. It help- Do you think God doesn't care about every area of our life? And so we call on His grace. We say, Lord, help. That's what the Scriptures say about coming boldly to the throne of grace. To find help. Or to obtain mercy and to find help. So, so that's, that's how we ought to live. So you say, well, well I was taught, you know, you, you, you gotta, when you're a man, you got you to gotta, you gotta be a man. and take. No, no, no. He resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. You need help? Just humble yourself. Before the Lord. And, and say, Lord... I need help in this area. And I can improve in this area. As, I, as, I'm, as I'm saying this night, I know I can improve. I know I can improve. As I, I don't think there's anybody that can say they got it in here. If, if you do, then if you, got, if you got everything all together and you're doing everything beyond your ability, according to the grace that God's given, then I'll sit down. <laughs> but I'm, I'm preaching myself. So call on the grace of God. Let Him help you. Father, I thank You tonight. I thank You for correcting our course tonight. I thank You, Lord, that that tonight we'll go home, Lord, a better husband, a better father, a better employee, a better boss, Lord, a better uh, member of the body of Christ, a brother, brother. Lord, the times where we've not walked in love toward our brother, the times where we haven't taken time for our brothers. Father, I, I thank you that your Holy Spirit, you're revealing to us right now the things that we can improve, the things that we can uh, work as unto you. We thank you for it. We thank you, Father, for anointing on each and every one of us that will help us, this grace that will help us be who you've called us to be, the winners in life, who you called us to be, to come up to another level. And I thank you, Father, that, <laughs> that you've massaged in this word, that you're massaging it in us, deep in our hearts. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.